Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. Come and take your best shot. Welcome to the Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns heading into week four and to face those Ratbirds in Baltimore, Browns versus Ravens. I'm Andy McNamara alongside Matt Florjancic from WKYC Sports in Cleveland. Oh, big one, folks. It's a big one. This is, this. If the Browns win, they can totally change the narrative on the young season. They would be in first place, but it is a big ask, and that's the situation we find ourselves in. Uh, let's bring in our, our guy, Matt Florjancic. Matty, uh, how, how, just in general now, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about this one? Um, better than I probably should. Okay. Hopefully. That's um, good. I, I, I look at what the Ravens have done, and they put up a lot of points, and they haven't been run. They haven't been tested yet, other than in Kansas City, and they hung with Kansas City. Uh, if you look at what the players that was necessarily indicative of the closeness or lack thereof of that game. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. And Kansas City turned it up pretty quick and then uh, gave up a touchdown late. So not really sure that that was indicative of what we could expect out of the Ravens, but, uh, you know, they can put up a lot of points, and they have a very mobile quarterback, but... With the Browns having experience playing against Lamar, I think it's going to be different than it was last year. Right, right, and and that's what we that's what we hope for, right? And we'll break this thing down. We'll give our scores, give our predictions, and all that, and keep you up to date. Everything heading in one o'clock start Eastern in Baltimore against the Ravens. And folks, as you know, we're brought to you by Cleveland Whiskey. Head over to clevelandwhiskey.com. I tried Matt with in the Cleveland weekend last week. We did the show live. From the Floor Jancic residence, which thanks again for having us up there. Always, uh, always love the time there in, in Cleveland with the extended family. Um, but this week, what I was able to do is always look forward to that. That's oh, my favorite weekend of the year. 
Me too, brother. Me too. I, I love. I, it sucks that it's over already. It was last week at this time we were getting ready to head down tomorrow. So yeah, it does. It's uh, it's it's bittersweet that it's over already. But I had had a great time, of course, and um, and it was it was amazing. But what I did was I brought home some Cleveland whiskey, of course, right? Make the, I have to make my my pilgrimage. And then when you come up, you you always help me out. But I tried the Cleveland whiskey '87. So it's like the original bourbon, a little bit lower proof, and I hadn't tried it before. It has the great Cleveland Brown orange uh, 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 paper, like the, the uh, material on top, so it's the orange bottle. Looks looks tremendous. So I tried it last night for the first time. Matt, it is smooth with a bit of bite at the end. It is spectacular. So I'm going to be having some of that when uh, the Browns take on the Ravens. The Cleveland 87. Try that out, folks, if you haven't had it. But all the great types, the award-winning... Uh, black cherry, uh, the hickory wood I always like, the original, the Christmas bourbon is going to be coming out soon, but they got cocktails, uh, recipe, put out a great uh, late summer cocktail on their Instagram, at Cleveland Whiskey, and on Twitter, at Cleve Whiskey, so make sure you're checking that out, and even if you're not in Cleveland or Northeast Ohio, it's across the states, just check at ClevelandWhiskey.com where you can get it and find it, uh, and they got open houses too at the uh, distillery uh, right there in Cleveland, so it's great, Matt. Um, it's uh, a, a great product, of course. And, and you went to an open house last year, I think, right? Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic product. And what they what they have done there is, is tremendous. Yeah, I took a tour last year. Uh, a year ago now, uh, they had an open house, went there, toured the facility. It's great. It's amazing how much they've really grown. Yeah. And yet still have this very small facility. It's a, it's a really tremendous place, and if you get a chance to visit it, you don't like whiskey, but you, you just want something unique to do, mm-hmm. go tour the factory. It's it's pretty special. Nice. No, that, that's a great way to put it. And if you go on an open house day, you get there, there are samples, there oh. are desserts, made with the Cleveland whiskey. Oh, I know. And yeah, it's, it's a good time. Uh, you got to have, I didn't get to have any of the desserts. I'm jealous. They're going to be having one in October. We'll keep you up to date on that at Open House. Matt might have to uh, squeak in and get some uh, <laughs> so, some desserts there, you lucky guy. Uh, you had my wife's pumpkin roll. That is true. <laughs> that Jesse's pumpkin roll second to none. Hey, hey, you got your pumpkin roll when you were down here. You can't complain too that much. Is, that <laughs> is very true. You are right. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the leftover. So it was uh, it was great. We, we, we had a fun time. It, it was it, we went uh, hung out in the flats and all that. It was it was awesome. If any of you guys are going down to Cleveland, hit me or Matt up on Twitter at andymc81 at mattflerjancic. Let us know. We'll give you some of the cool spots to go to. So many hidden gems there. Um, but Matt, I like what you said with the Ravens. Everyone crowning Lamar Jackson, falling over themselves. Oh, the Ravens. First two wins against the Miami Dolphins, who have been nothing short of this. This week is the first week they are not 20-point underdogs. They are 15.5-point underdogs versus the Chargers. Miami sucks. Then you played the Cardinals with that little nugget, Kyler Murray, who also stinks. So you have two teams who are hot garbage, who they took advantage of and put up big points. Okay. As you said, against Kansas City, that score, I think, is a little more complimentary because the Chiefs called off. They don't have a great defense, but they played a professional football team. And what happened? Started to be a little exposed. And that what stood out to me again each week, watching Lamar Jackson, unlike Russell Wilson or any of the quasi-mobile quarterbacks that can last in this league, which are few and far between, Russell Wilson gets out of bounds. Russell Wilson slides. 
Lamar Jackson goes head first. Lamar Jackson takes hard hits. And with those skinny little pencil legs, Matt, sooner rather than later, that dude's going to be injured and knocked out if he keeps it up. And you know what? With the way Miles Garrett's going, it might be at the hands of the G-Rex. I love that nickname, by right? the way. Right? That's fantastic. He, uh, he, he, he has a shirt. He had a shirt, G-Rex. Uh, he, he's done a better job of protecting himself. And, and to be honest, there should be no greater example of that than the guy who's backing him up, Roger Kirsten the third. Yeah. Yes. A cautionary tale. He has to protect himself on the football field and boiled what was a pretty good career trajectory. Now he's a career backup. Yeah. Uh, because he refused to get down. He thought he was just faster. Well, so does the DB and the linebacker that are trying to track it in. And they're a hell of a lot bigger than you. Mm-hmm. So, 4-3 speed. Yeah, great. It makes you a track star when you're running at the combine. You put on pads. You slow down a little bit. Guess what? They don't. It's a different ball game. Yeah, man. You can't, you can't survive in this league as a quarterback if you don't learn to protect yourself. And even Carson Wentz last night took a couple of shots because he tried to extend plays. Yeah. Like, even though Carson Wentz is a thicker, thicker-bodied individual, you know he's got a lot of injuries coming too. So you can't. Not you have to protect yourself at all times. You can't always rely on and speed because this level, everybody's athletic and everybody's fast. That's right. can catch you. That's right. Yeah, and people calling uh, uh, Lamar Jackson Baby Vic now. Well, last time I checked, Michael Vic, while explosive at times, didn't win squat and kept getting injured. The only guy who had any sort of uh, length in this league and who his body is badly broken down now is Cam Newton, but he was a physical freak. So for Lamar Jackson, I will give him credit. He has um, gotten a, a, a bit more accurate and has has shown being a better uh, passer than he was last year, but still, way too many sacrifices. Now, I, so I think that will come up to, to, to catch him at some point, Matt. The question will be, though, will it be this week and how do the Browns contain him and Ingram, because uh, for for Ingram and, and Jackson, you have to always defend them. And so that run game, Ingram's been a monster on the ground. And really, the only passing options that have done anything of any consistency for him has been the tight ends. And they can rotate those guys uh, through. Hurst, Boyle, Andrews, like they have a ton of options where Jackson just feeds it. Nice, simple, nice, simple program, nice, simple patterns by Greg Roman, who was the OC for Colin Kaepernick. It's the same formula. Check down Charlie. Check down Charlie. Yeah. And it's working. Yeah, it is. Um, it's maddening. It's maddening at times for fantasy football owners, uh, or managers rather, uh, because you don't know which tight end is going to be the one that oh. breaks out. Is going to be the one that's on your bench most likely? Yeah, you, you, you uh, can't pick position it. This has been an absolute black hole for the last three years if you don't have Kelsey Ertz or Kittle. And uh, Andrew is starting to prove they could get here one tight end, but it's inconsistent. He has double-digit fantasy point production to the first two weeks that has four last week. Uh, and yeah. Then you look at Mark Ingram, and he single-handedly beat me in a fantasy league last week. He's been oh. you know, complimenting what Lamar Jackson does well, and that's why they're experiencing success. The, the run game, you can try to defend against just the running backs and then deal with Lamar, but 
when you let Lamar go, that really affects the entire running game. Everything jump-started. Uh, and then you look at the tight ends. I mean, he didn't have a completion against the Chiefs uh, to a wide receiver until the second quarter. I mean, all of his completions were the tight ends or the backs. He's a, he's a check-down kind of guy. Uh, but the Ravens kind of win and make that run. And you have to find a way to combat that. You know what they're strong at. Try to make them go with what they haven't proven yet, and that's making plays down the field with wide receivers. That's right. Make them stretch the ball. Don't give them over the middle. You stuff that up. The Browns' defense was remarkable in that uh, so shorthanded in the loss to the Rams. Almost a pick six. It burst and run into the back of Joe Schobert there. Um, but Demarius Randall's back. Looks like the corners in Ward and Greedy Williams are still banged up with hamstring injuries, so that that's not helping anything. But, yeah, Matt, like, you you have Baltimore defense, too, that the front seven's been real good, but their corners are banged up, and Kansas City was able to exploit them. So I think it comes down again for Baker and Freddie Kitchens. We'll see. Week four, can they finally learn and keep with getting the ball out of Baker's hands quickly? Just like the Rams did, Matt, right? It was nice... It was backyard football. Slants over the middles, down and then it's button hooks. Just get the ball out of your quarterback hands quickly and then earn the downfield. But uh, the play calling was maddening in that loss to, to the Rams that really, in the game, they should have won. It was really there for the safety, maybe. They, yeah, they, I was there. <laughs> and that would have been, that, that arguably would have been the biggest win that they had since they beat the Falcons in week 17 of the 2002 season. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right. Because but didn't happen. they weren't able to pull it together, so now they've got to you know regroup and go kick off AFC North Division play um, against the the top team in the division. Let's put it this way. They're defending champs. They're yeah. right now. They are. Never a better opportunity to go prove what you've done and how you've improved than by going out and taking care of the top dog. And and they're going to have that chance. And again, you win, you're in first place, conversation totally changes. The problem is, Matt, we haven't seen on the offensive side that they can do that. Now, defense from week one, we've seen improvement there, and they're looking really good. So I'm, I'm comfortable there, but the offense has to have sustained drives. You have to be able to keep that defense fresh. And... Like Jarvis Landry, there's quotes coming out. You popped it up on WKYC Sports uh, or WKYC.com/sports of Jarvis Landry saying after the loss to Freddie, we got a great team. Jarvis, leader among, his leadership is is next level. But like, oh, okay, you you have you have the confidence. You say you're not worried. I'm more worried, Matt, again about Freddie Kitchens' play calling than Baker Mayfield. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. Uh, because Freddie's questionable play calling arguably threw away the Rams game. Uh, yes. I don't understand the draw on fourth and nine. Idiotic. That was an audible. So I'm not going to completely throw Freddie under the bus for that one. But the four cracks inside the five and no Nick Chubb touches, that's a problem. Yeah. That needs to be rectified. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, that makes no sense. No sense. And, and I don't know, like, what the relationship is, but Todd Munkin up in the booth, should he not be like, uh, Freddie um, might want to hand the ball off? Like, at that position, you have Nick Chubb, who is going for chunk plays. 
run it four times. If the Rams stop you four times, they're the better team that day. No one's going to question it. Not a problem. You try to get too cute. You don't have a lot of space and turnovers and sacks and rush plays happen. And that's exactly what we saw. It was infuriating being there live to see that when you could have had that game. So very perplexing. Um, I don't know, Matt. I think we're going to find out a lot about, about Freddie Kitchens and where this team's at. Because if he has another game where it's his play calling that causes some either the loss directly or leads to it, uh, now we're a month in. And I think some hard questions are going to have to be asked. Because I don't know if you turn it over to Munkin, if you do that and Freddie doesn't like it. Then you have dissension in the room, and, and you know, then we're back to the kind of the same old Browns, and we don't want to be there. Yeah, there is no easy answer other than just going out and executing your assignments and succeeding on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays, whatever day of the week you play. That's it. Just go do what you do. Yeah. And try to do it a little bit better than what you have in the first few weeks. Realistically, the Browns understand this. They're the only ones that can fix their problems. Right. Nobody else is walking through that door to magically, uh, you know, grant them three wishes and say, here you go, everything's great. They're the only ones that can affect their futures, and they understand it, which is a good sign. Now they have to go do something about it because, you know, Hugh Jackson talked a good game too and mm-hmm. fizzled on Sundays. Freddie talked a good game. Now he has to go win them. That's it. Right now, now you got it. You say stuff. I'm tired of the it's on me stuff. Or I got to do better. Okay, do better. Do it. You said you're going to run the ball more. You sort of did, not really. Said you're going to get the hands of the ball out of the uh, hands of Baker Mayfield more. You you didn't. You were running plays where three guys on a go route. Why isn't there an underneath option? Why isn't there a dump option? Yeah, it's on Baker to make the reads, but if the play is everyone's going deep. He doesn't have that option. Get the ball out of his damn hands quickly, Matt. Like, don't be cute. Don't be going for the home run. Earn the deep ball. You haven't earned it. Teams know to drop back and wait, and then they take away the looks, and Baker's running out. I know you can't run tempo the entire game, but if you start out running tempo and it's a you know quick move on the next play, you know running gun type of style, and it works, why go away from it for two and a half quarters? I don't know. I don't know. I, I would, when they come out and they score a touchdown on their first drive, they, they should be with the mindset that we're going to come out and do it again until you stop it, and we're going to find something else that works until you stop that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep coming at you, and we're going to keep putting on points. Uh, I don't like the, oh, we scored on our opening drive. We're going to let our defense do the work for the rest of the day. BS. You as many times you cross that goal line as you can get. And mm-hmm. I don't care how you do it. If you run it and you slug it out on a 15 second break, why not? As long as you're, and the end result is the same getting a touchdown, it doesn't matter how you get there. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Don't get cute. Don't get fancy. Go back. Maybe, uh, like Matt, there's, there's collaboration I know between Freddie and Munkin. Is it like. Should Freddie be going back to what worked last year and just his own thing? Like, I don't know. There just seems to be something not not right. And I think it's really as simple as run simple routes. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would also say collaboration is kind of issue never working. Yeah. At least for the Browns. Yeah. Because 
everybody tries to influence their, themselves too much, and it, it ends up falling apart. It doesn't work. Yeah. That is why it was curious to see Munkin take this job, because he didn't have the play-calling ability that he had in Tampa Bay. And I'm pretty sure he could have gone somewhere else and had play-calling abilities. Yeah. Have They're going to figure it out. And if that is Freddie just saying, hey, you know what, I'm acquiescing, look, you won a coordinator for eight games. Like, this, it's not like you've been a play caller for 15 years. No. Nope. Okay? No. Nope. We, we understand that you like calling plays. Everybody likes calling plays when they work. It's the sexy job. It's the job that gets you hired. Sure. Okay, great. You did it for eight games, nine if you count the preseason game. It's not like you've been doing this since dirt was invented and the game was first driven up, Okay. You have to start trusting guys to put your players in position to make plays. If you can't, they shouldn't be on your staff. Exactly. Why? Yeah, so uh, why do you take that, uh, the job? In? Nah, it's hindsight, so it doesn't really matter. But, boy, it's sure looking early anyway that, like, the best situation might have been getting experienced head coach like a Bruce Arians who openly wanted this job and keep Freddie as an OC and have him learn a bit and then maybe transition into that role. But... Didn't work out that way, and, and we're, we're here in a position where there's a lot of talent, but now you got to figure out, how are you getting the ball? How are you scheming to get the ball into your playmaker's hands? Um, you got Rashard Higgins, who looks like he should be coming back. We just got an injury report here from the Browns. Let's see. Uh, Morgan Burnett, Quadricep, Denzel Ward, Hamstring, Greedy Williams are among the six players considered questionable. Uh, Hubbard, Higgins, uh, who were out the last two games, and Sheldrick Redwine. Uh, are also questionable. So we got that. Um, Kendall Lamb will miss his third consecutive game as the backup tackle. We now raise within that is. And yeah, man, there, there we go. Like It'd be great if Rashard Higgins came back just for that, that comfort level, but it's not like they don't have weapons, Matt. It's not like the Browns don't have weapons to use. You just gotta get them open and scheme to do it. That's, that's what the problem is. It's not the players. It's how do you do it? And you're without a tight end, uh, an accomplished tight end, and you don't have a fullback, um, to really be that, that power blocker when you're in goal line position. That's on Dorsey. That's a personnel thing. But you just got to try to make accommodations and not have those empty sets. Because, Matt, when we saw the empty set, obviously the defense knows you're not running. They just lay back, block up all the options, and before you know it, Baker's running for his life and makes a mistake. They have to figure out how to take better advantage of their skill players. I mean, they have pro bowlers at wide receiver. Yep. It's the first time I can remember two pro bowlers at the receiver position in a long time for this team. Yeah, man. Uh, in Landry and Beckham. You have Chubb, who was a borderline pro bowler, rookie of the year finalist last year, game breaker. Uh, and yet we can't find a way to get him the ball. And that's partially why Jarvis Landry is returning punts now, because that's how he feels he can affect the game most positively. Mm-hmm. Which is a problem because he's a hell of a receiver. Yes. And you and he's great at the slot routes, the slants, the underneath, the crossers. He can make plays. He can catch a five yard pass and take it 25, 30 yards. Yep. He has that ability. He's shown it. And if you have him and Odell line up on the same side, and you have Odell do an intermediate or longer route, and you have Jarvis Langer underneath, guess what? Your Pro Bowl wide receiver is against the linebacker. And outside of Luke Keekley, I'm pretty sure he's winning that battle 99 times out of 100. Yeah. Matt, you know that. I know that. We're saying that 
why has Freddie not done that? That's what we need to see fixed. That's what's frustrating. We're seeing all this. So why isn't it getting done? Because you go to one and three, man. I know the schedule's tough, but one and three can turn to one and four, one and five, one and six real quick. And we got to stop that right now. Especially especially because of the meat grinder you got coming up. I of course. Mean, you're, you're getting Seattle, New England, Monday night against San Francisco, which I still think is more winnable than people give them credit for. Yeah, I do too. Um, I mean, you're going through the absolute grinder at this point, and you've got to figure out a way to get, get it fixed because if you don't, then, oh, man, <laughs> well, bad things happen. But, uh, Matt, yeah, you can't, in my opinion, you can't let this opportunity go by the boards in Baltimore because it could set you up nice for a nice lead, excuse me, for a, a two, not as two game winning streak going into the teeth of your schedule. Yeah, and then going into the, uh, after, after San Francisco, then you got Seattle, then the bye. But Matt, now two wins have gone away, have slipped away. Tennessee, which extraordinarily winnable. And the Rams, which would have been an upset, but you were in position to win. So now you got to make up two wins instead of one. And it starts getting a little ridiculous. All right. Let's get our Cleveland Whiskey score and prediction for Sunday Browns I'm still at say that Ravens. 24 21 to upset the Ravens. Whoa. All right. 24. Is it, now, are we looking at an Austin Seibert uh, last, uh, last second winning field goal, or, or, or what are we talking about? I'm taking the Browns to win this game by three points. I think they have a legitimate shot to go ahead and knock the bully off the block and show that the AFC North is very much not going to run through Baltimore and Pittsburgh this year. Up for grabs. And the Ravens are motivated to show, oh, the Browns were all hyped up and blah, 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 and all that. So they have their motivation. Now, I, I think the higher the score in this game is because the Browns haven't proven they can keep pace yet. That's where it's going to be in trouble. So I think the Browns win a a closer, low-scoring game. Lamar Jackson starts to be exposed. So I will say 21-17 Browns win. That's what I'll go with. Again, we, we've seen the same things. We know that they're closer than uh, national media pundits are giving them credit for. But now they have to go prove it. And there's no better proving ground than going into what has been a house of horrors for the franchise since 1999 and handing the Ravens a second straight loss. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It's not always going to be pretty. You're going to have to slug it out in the trenches uh, against a very physical team. But this is your proving ground. This is your measuring stick. If you can't beat this team, you don't belong in the upper echelon of AFC teams. I will say this, though, about the hype machine. For all that the Ravens have been talking this week about hearing how great the Browns are, we all had to hear about how great Lamar Jackson was, too. Oh, and yeah. Especially after that Miami game. Yeah. Yeah, how about especially that? Especially after, oh, he almost beat, he almost led the upset against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, almost every time. Almost. There's no room for almost win in the, in the, uh, in the standings. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure that not trying to play up that, oh, the Browns hype train, uh, to me, it doesn't hold as much water because there's as much junk being talked out of Baltimore about their quarterback than there was coming out of Cleveland. A lot of the stuff that was said about Cleveland, and, and, and to be fair, a lot of the stuff said about Lamar was on the national 
fractional scale. Correct. It wasn't coming from either one. Now you get the chance to prove who's better, Lamar's hype or the Browns' hype. Or the Browns' hype. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right. Everyone wants to crown Lamar Jackson. Hopefully, quietly, the Browns take that into account and the defense does in-house. They don't have to say anything out loud, but send the message that it is true how I feel that Lamar Jackson is fake. I don't think he is going to be have longevity in this league, and it's time for him to get squashed. I don't care if it's Miles Garrett. Vernon could do something. Ogan Joe, I don't care. Somebody get to him, stuff him up, and expose him for the fraud with those rat birds that he and that offense is. I hope not. Oh, Steelers and Ravens, they just, they bring me to the point of, of almost swearing on air all the time because I can't stand them. Drives me, <laughs> drives me nuts. Oh, so, well, we'll, we'll see. I hope, uh, I hope. You, you've done well. You've done well. Oh, it together. man, it's close. It gets close, man. But you know what? Uh, let us know what you think uh, for our Cleveland Whiskey prediction. Matt says, what did you say, 24-21 Browns? I say 21-17 Browns um, and set the tone, reset this season. But let us know on our Cleveland Whiskey question there and visit our buddies there, clevelandwhiskey.com, on social media, at Cleveland Whiskey on Instagram, at Cleve Whiskey on Twitter. And Matt's going to have a whole bunch of great stories, wkyc.com slash sports, and at Matt Florjancic, and you can get me as well at andymc81. All right, buddy. That'll do it. Let's hope we got a Victory Monday show coming up, too. I love Victory Mondays. Oh. I look forward to talking with you in about 17 hours. There you go, brother. There you go. Love it. All right. Make sure you get Matt there. You've been listening to The Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. This episode was supported by Reddit for Business. You want the right attention for your business, but you don't know where to get it. It should be a place where people actually take the time to engage with your ads. Why not try Reddit? They seem to have the whole engagement thing down pat. With over 100,000 communities, Reddit users are some of the most active online. Meet your potential customers where they feel most at home, with 90% of users trusting Reddit to learn about new products and brands. Just go to redditforbusiness.com slash vox to learn more.